almost nothing's possible. Um, but he can do it. Amen. God, you guys are so good. Um, before we before we get into our word this morning, I want to. Uh, I've got a couple of announcements. Um, we are doing a Thanksgiving outreach, and um, we're we were calling it boxes of blessings. Uh, if you want to give towards that, uh, we're estimating each box will cost about fifty dollars um, to set up. But if you want to give to that, um, just bring. We're doing like canned foods and things. Uh, so if you want to bring some of that stuff, and it's just Thanksgiving stuff like uh, uh, cranberry sauce, and I, to me it's so nasty, but whatever. What I say? Oh, green beans. Um, yeah, somebody said spam. <laughs> but we want to touch our community. We want to love on them. So, anyway, if you want to turn with me to Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten, we want to look at something. We want to continue our our uh, series. We want to finish our series about fighting spiritual and spiritual warfare today. The series is called "Fight the Good Fight," and we're just keying off of something that the Apostle Paul said. Uh, he said, "I have fought the good fight." Come on, and and, and don't you know that when you uh, when you stand against Satan and the things that he tries to do, you are fighting the good fight. Come on, somebody. And so I want to look at this. And it says, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says, By the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid, in quotes, when face to face, But bold, in quotes, went away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. So let's get into this. Thank you, First Lady, for backing me up. I always ask her to stay up here a little bit longer to help me. And I appreciate that. Um, I want to, before we, before we go further into this word, I want to remind you of something that some of, some of you folks that were kids in the 90s, you may have had something called a, a, a sockum bopper. There was this toy that came out. It was called a sockum bopper. And the, to, the commercial for this thing, it said, it's more fun than a pillow fight. And so I remember seeing these things come on TV and... Uh, I remember immediately um, just begging, me and my brother, begging our mother uh, to get us these things called sockum boppers. And if you don't remember what a sockum bopper was, it was basically this, this giant thing you put on your fist and you inflated it. And then you could just go beat up your brother as hard as you, as hard as you could and, and supposedly you wouldn't get hurt. But I remember we got these things. 
And we, we started immediately fighting with them. And so we got kicked out of the living room. We got kicked out of the den. We had to go in the hallway. And our hallway was just long, and we would shut all the doors. And I would get on one end of the hall, and he would get on the other end of the hall, and we'd get our sock and boppers ready, and we would scream at each other, and then we'd just run and just collide. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. It, it, God really protected us. But you had these things, and we just loved to get them and just loved to fight. And uh, one thing... When, when, when we would get ready, we would, we would dig our heels in and we would just get ready to run at each other and fight. And today we're talking about fighting. A few weeks ago, or a couple weeks ago, we talked about what is spiritual warfare. And we kind of opened the door to this series. Last week, we talked about uh, who you are fighting. And we talked about uh, the demonic spirits that have been around for a long time that still set up and try to get dominion over you and your household and the places where you go. We talked about who they are. And today we're talking about how to fight, how to get ready to fight. And so uh, we're, we're dealing with something a lot more serious this morning than sock and boppers. Um, my son brought something that looked like a sock and bopper home and it had, and I'm, I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, oh no, not in my house. I rebuke that. I rebuke that right now. And so the first thing I want to, I want to talk about is recognizing the mission of the enemy. Recognize the mission of the enemy. If you can understand his purpose, if you can understand the point of what he's doing, why he's coming after you, then you can get ready to fight back a lot better. Okay, if you understand what somebody's doing, then you can know how to, how to respond, correct? Yeah, you guys with me this morning? Everybody awake? Everybody good? When you do some stretching? We'll have to get somebody else up here to show you how, because I don't know how. Um, uh-oh, we're not doing stretching today. Okay. <laughs> Recognize what the mission of your enemy is. Um, it's all about dominion. It's all about dominion. We talked about this last week, that as these demonic spirits... Even, even way back in Deuteronomy, uh, Moses names them by that name. He calls them demons. And he talks about them trying to take dominion and having dominion over nations and places. And that's still what they're trying to do today. They're trying to take dominion over you, over your household, over your heart, over your mind, over your hope. And how many of you know that the moment that you give up on one of those things everything else starts to fall apart. Have you ever met someone that had no hope in their life? There are two, there are two types of families that I meet in my, my, the job I do outside the church. There are two types of families that go to funerals. There are families that have no hope, and the Apostle Paul writes about this. And he talks about people that have no hope, that are hopeless. But there are two types of people that are people that don't have hope, and they're just, they're just lost. And then there's a type of person that has hope. And even though they've lost someone, even though they're dealing with tragedy, they still have peace in their heart. Because let me tell you something, the God on the mountain is still the God of the valley. Amen. Come on, somebody. And so even though you get down in the valley, in the low places of your life, what, what does it say? Peace in the valley. You guys remember that song? And so even when you face those low moments, when you serve God and your hope is in Jesus, you don't have hope that can run out. Have you ever had hope in somebody? And they let you down. 
Have you ever had hope? Man, I went and I went and got gas the other day. And I was hoping that I would look up there and still see a two. But I saw a three. And then, this is, a, this is the worst part about, about it, man. You, you put your hope in something like that, and it will, it will betray you. And so I got gas, and I was hoping that it would be cheap, and my hopes were dashed. And then I got through, and you know, when, when, when the tank fills up, the thing pops, and it's, it's supposed to stop. And I looked at the screen, and the numbers kept going. And I was like, uh-uh, not today. Satan, get behind me. I'm not playing with this. And so when you place your hope in a person or a place or a thing, you are limiting your hope. And so we want to place our hope in Jesus. And so, if, so Satan knows if he and his forces can get in the middle of your hope and take dominion over your hope, or they can take dominion over your mind, where all you do is think about things that, and, and, and I get so fatigued with people that just always see the negative and they always get stuck on this depression or depressing things and they, and they just can't get over it. Listen, there is dominion over your mind. When you cannot see the goodness in something and you cannot see that, that Jesus is a redeemer and that situations can be redeemed, something has dominion over your mind. Over your heart, he wants dominion. Listen, we, if he can take dominion over your heart, he can control you completely. We need to make sure that Jesus is the one that has dominion over our heart, that Jesus is the one that rules our life. That's when we talked about kingdom culture. When you become a kingdom person, when you become a citizen of the kingdom of God, what does that mean? That you live under the rule of Jesus. That he has dominion over you that, that you. that you give that you give yourself to him. That you follow him and you and you follow his rule and reign. And you don't do those things anymore. Those old things from the old person. John 10 says that the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your hope. He wants to steal your happiness. He wants to steal your heart and cause you to get involved with things that are not of God, that pull you farther and farther away from a God that loves you. He wants to kill you. Come on. He wants to kill you spiritually and physically. And I don't, I don't, I think that people worry about that. Well, can like, can like demons kill you? I don't know if they can come out and tear you to shreds. I know that we can look at a, at, we can look at a story from the New Testament where some men tried to cast out a demon and the demon said, I don't know who you are and caused them to be beaten up. But I know that when you begin to let demonic forces have dominion over your life, you begin to go down paths that will get you killed. When you, begin, when you give demonic forces and entities dominion over your life and over your heart, you get, your, you get yourself in situations that are not promoting your health, okay? And I think sometimes we wonder, like, man, why does this person keep making these bad decisions? Why does this person keep, keep doing these, these things or they're ate up with this stuff? And what happens is, Christian, hear me, you are, you're talking about the symptoms of something else. And so we, we get worried about the symptoms. Oh, this person's suffering with addiction and their, their health is just going away and it's so terrible. And we're worried about that and you're looking at the drug and not the demon. Let me say it again because y'all need to hear this because we need to know what we're up against and we need to get ready to fight. You're looking at things like drugs and you need to be looking at things like demons. 
and it's spooky and it's scary and we want to look at the physical side of things but let me tell you there's always a supernatural side now we talked about this already but you know if you go to men's breakfast and you eat too much bacon before church on Sunday and you get a tummy ache I don't know if that's demonic but if you know somebody that's beat down and their health is going away and they're suffering from addiction and they're suffering from major health crises, then I think we need to start looking and we need to start paying attention because church, you have the authority to stand and rebuke those spirits. You have the authority to stand and rebuke demonic spirits that cause those situations. To steal, to steal, kill, and destroy. The second thing I want to give you this morning Get ready. You got to get ready. You got to get your head in the fight. I don't know if anybody watches boxing or MMA or anything like that. Talking about fighting. These guys train. They train and they train and they train and they train. And just when, when they think they get through training, they go train some more. Everything they do, the way they eat, the way they, the, the, the time they wake up, the time they go to bed, everything is, is all training. They're all getting ready. Let me tell you something. If you're not getting ready for confrontation with, with the demonic, then you're going to lose every time. You're going to lose every time. So how do we get ready? How do we get ready? I love one of my friends said, um, he said this, there was a, an altercation that some, some guys had and, and uh, the, these guys are men of God and they walked into the situation and, and someone else came and, and, and things went. They were, they were trying to minister to um, a group of people that desperately needed to know the love of Jesus and some things went sideways and, and pieces got pulled out, man. There's guns out. And, and these men of God thought that they very likely could lose their lives. And so one guy said, well, I didn't know what to do, so I was just praying in the spirit. And another one, he said, well, you know what? He said, that's why it's so important to stay prayed up because you may not have time to sit down and have a prayer meeting. So stay that way, church. Come on. Stay prayed up. Stay ready. Get your mind and behavior right. Then and only then are you ready to get in the fight. So let's look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10. He says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds, to demolish strongholds, to break apart dominion. We demolish arguments and, pre and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Now, what is this talking about? I want to break this down just a little bit. I want to kind of unpack this a little bit. I think that we need to look at this and we need to see that that Paul if you read the very beginning of this this chapter he says I'm quote-unquote timid and when I'm face to face with you but bold went away he's having to respond to something he's having to tell these people hey you think that I'm timid when I'm with you and I'm and I'm bold when I get away you ever have somebody send you a text like after an argument you have an argument you disagree with somebody and then you're like well fine and you, both, and you both go your separate ways, and then they send you a text, and it's like all caps. Don't, okay, look, people in relationships, don't be looking at each other right now. Um, but that's kind of what they were accusing Paul of doing, being timid when he's with them and being bold when he leaves. And so Paul says, watch. 
He says, I don't want to be bold with you. I don't want to be loud and mean when I get to you. But he's challenging them. He, he's saying, you don't do things the way the world does things. You don't, you don't think the way the world thinks. He said, you have a weapon, and that's the redemption of Christ. You have a weapon, and that's the, the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so you don't have to sit here and get hung up on these silly things. You don't have to sit here and live under dominion. You've got a weapon that's strong to break dominion. Come on, you get what I'm saying this morning? You get what I'm saying? You don't have to live under dominion anymore. You don't have to. You can fight, and that's what the good fight is all about. Demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Listen, family, when you, when you really lean on this, when you really lean on this understanding that God's got me, that I've given myself to him, that I'm living in, this, in the kingdom of God, that I'm living under his reign, when that warfare begins to happen, when that thing begins to try to set up dominion in your household or in your life or in your day, Come on, you've got a weapon to fight it. You've got a weapon to break that stronghold into pieces, and you can pull it apart brick by brick. And so three, let's talk, about, let's talk about the fight. This is the exciting part. This is where you stand. And let me tell you something. When you begin to stand and you begin to fight against the powers of darkness, when you begin to fight against the demonic, you better be ready for retaliation. When we, when we read the New Testament, we read about Jesus coming in and, and, and rebuking and casting out demons from people and, and places. And what do they do? Do they, all, do they say, oh, yes, sir, my bad, and go? No, they scream and they do. They, 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 they scream and they, and they make a big scene. And let me tell you something. When you begin to fight back against demonic dominion in your household or in your life, you better get ready for retaliation. One of the most upsetting things that I've ever seen happen, and it happens all the time. And I want to just speak this so you can hear it, so you can recognize it. But I will see people, they'll come to church. Not necessarily this church, but they'll get involved in church. They'll get involved with God's people. And they start to make decisions and they start to get closer and closer to Jesus. And maybe they give their life to him and they say, I want to follow you, Jesus. And he begins to call them closer, maybe to working in the ministry. Maybe, uh, maybe they're getting ready. They're getting close to being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what happens? All of a the sudden, they'll get right there. And it's kind of like they're standing on the edge of an Olympic-sized pool that is the goodness of God. And what do they do? They look in there, and they say, Whoa, man, that's deep. And they back up. They look right into the water. And it's goodness. Come on, y'all know that. What is Jesus? He says, I'm the living water. And if you would just dive into that presence, come on, there's so many good things that would happen. But people look and they say, oh my goodness. And fear sets up dominion. And doubt sets up dominion. Can I tell you, it's demonic. And so people will back away. Y'all, and they're right there and it's so upsetting. It's so upsetting, not just, not just as a pastor, but as a friend, as a follower of Jesus, to see people get that close and then just back up and say, whoa. I can't do all that. Breaks my heart. And so why, why am I telling you that? Because I want you to be aware. I want you to be watching for it in yourself. I want you to be watching for it in other people so that you can back them up and stand by them and say, no, come on. 
we're going in together, me and you. You got to stand side by side with people as you fight. So the first way we fight, the first way we fight when there are, when there, when there's dominion trying to be set up in your house or over your life, what do you do? You stand on the gospel. The first thing we want to do is stand on the gospel. We know that the gospel is the announcement of the king. And so would you stand on that truth, on the truth of Jesus? They have to listen to you. They have to recognize because he is truth. And so we say, listen, I know where you're from. And as you, as you pray over these situations, I want you to stand on that authority knowing that that's the truth. And you better believe it. You better get ready. You better stay in the word. You better stay in prayer. You better stay listening to other people's testimonies so that your faith is built up. Know that truth and stand on that truth. Stand with authority. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of a, of a, a spirit. I don't live in fear of you because I am redeemed because Jesus has got me. I love that song we sing, this is how I fight my battles. Listen, I just have to stand and, and refuse to give in and endure, and God's there with me. And the third thing I want you to do is set the pace. Listen to this. Parents, grandparents, friends, listen to this. Set the pace in your household. Set the pace. Some of us we see warfare happening in our house. We see warfare happening around us and we stay out of it. We do two things that, that really bother me. The first thing we do is talk about it. Stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. If you see somebody going through something, you don't need to be talking about that situation. You don't need to be sitting here, well, they're really just dealing with some, some warfare right now. Man, you need to be getting involved. Don't just be talking about it. Be over there helping that person. Be over there helping that person. Be, be, be active in prayer. God, help that person. Holy Spirit, be there with them. And the second thing I see people do, especially parents, is we don't set the pace of our households. We don't set the pace of our relationships. And, and what happens is you get young ones that are bringing things into the house and you should be teaching them. Hey, this is why we don't do this. This is why we don't entertain these things because this is demonic. And you, instead of saying, well, it's just a bad thing or, well, it's just, you know, whatever. We've got to start calling things what they are. Son, daughter, this is a, this is a situation. There are, there's a spiritual realm and there are spirits that try to take dominion over our lives. And you teach them how to be young warriors. Come on. We got to, y'all, we can't just sit here and expect our, expect our kids to just figure it out. We can't just sit here and expect our young ones to just figure it out. We've got to teach them about warfare. We've got to teach them about spiritual warfare. I'm so thankful that growing up, that my grandmother would teach us about these things. And as, as I began to study and, and research for this sermon series, a lot of the things that came up in my study were things that I had been taught as a, as a child by my grandmother. 
that she would stand and there would be situations in the family. And, 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 and listen, we've all been there. We've all had people just going off on a limb and making horrible life decisions. And we get upset and we get broken about it. But sometimes we forget to bind those things, to stand against those things spiritually. And that's one thing that my grandmother would do. And I remember we'd, we'd be sitting around the house and she would begin to just go to war right there. And, and we'd be like, whoa, what's going on? And she would begin to just bind things in the name of Jesus. And she would begin to plead the blood over situations and spiritual attacks that people were going through. And it was just something. And I didn't really understand it as a kid, but now that I understand it as an adult, it's something that I know that I've got to do. And it's something that I know that you've got to do. And don't ever sit here and think, oh, that's something that pastor has to do. No, sir. No, ma'am. Listen to me, Christian. That's something that you've got to do. Don't you wait for pastor. Don't you wait for pastor. Somebody said, somebody texted me weeks ago and they said, hey, are you a pastor? And I was like, y yes. What, what's going on? <laughs> Is, are we, we going to have an eating meeting or a beating meeting? What's going on? Like, what are you inviting me to? Are you a pastor? And I said, yes. And they said, I need you to come to my house and pray. And I said, okay, great. And they said, okay, we'll wait for you. No, no family. You don't have to wait for me. You don't have to wait for Pastor Daphne. You don't have to wait for the 700 Club. You can go to war right then and there. Come on, let me say it again because you should get excited about that. You can go to war right then and there, church. It's not something that you have to get somebody to come in for. Listen, that's great. And I would love to come. If, you, if you're going through something at your house, if there's something going on in your family, please let me know because I want to stand with you. I want to stand with you as you battle, as you fight, because I know that you guys stand with me. Listen, but you don't have to wait. You can go to war right then and there. Right then and there. So stand up and fight. And the fourth thing, and this is exciting, worship team, if you guys want to come back. This is my favorite part of what I'm speaking about today. Because we go to war. We recognize that there are powers, there are principalities that, that try to set up dominion over our lives. But what do we do? When we fight back, let praise be the battle cry. Let praise be the battle cry. Psalms 149 says, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing God's praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel celebrate its maker. Let Zion's children rejoice in their king. Let them praise God's name with dance. Does this sound at all similar to what we do on Sunday mornings and on Sunday nights? And some of you might wonder, man, why? Why does Pastor JB get so excited when he's up there singing? Sometimes I get so excited, I get off the entire song, family. And y'all also hear and go, I know you look at me. Listen. You wonder why we get so excited when we're praising and we're calling out Jesus' name because we know that our battle, that's our battle cry. We know that that's our cry as we go into battle and as we see God 
breaking down strongholds and fixing things that are messed up. We praise the Lord. Let Zion's children, come on, man, get excited behind me. Come on, match, match what I'm doing. Let's get excited. Church family, if you want to stand up with me as I finish, I want to get excited today. We're not low-key Christianity. We're not frozen chosen. Come on, we're standing up and we're fighting big battles because we have a big God backing us up. Amen? And so you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to face a, a giant. You don't have to face a demonic threat in your house and be afraid and be backed up against the wall because you can stand on the truth. You can stand on the word of God. Come on. You can stand knowing that he is the king that's above all those things. So what does this say? Let Zion's children rejoice their king. Let them praise God's name with dance. Let them sing God's name with the drum and the lyre because the Lord is pleased with his people. God will will beautify the poor with saving help. Let the faithful celebrate the glory. Let them shout for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in the mouths Uh, be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to get revenge against the nations and punishment on the peoples binding their rulers in chains and their officials in iron shackles listen what this is talking about is all these nations that have dominion these fallen spirits that have set up dominion you can battle against those things even in your house come on even in your place of business, even in your school, you can do battle against those things. The time to fight is now. The time to step up is now. It's not something we gotta wait for. It's not something that we've gotta say, okay, I I need to go to a couple more classes. I need to do a couple correspondence things before I go to war. No, no, we're not gonna wait because the longer you wait, the farther you get behind. And the, the more dominion is set up in your household and so what I want to do if you want to gather around the front we're going to get excited we're going to sing some praise music and I just want to pray that there is an energy that wells up in your spirit I want to pray this morning that there is an anointing that falls on you and your house come on that you stand and fight that you stand in the midst of struggle knowing that God's got you God, we set other things aside. We push other things away and make room for the anointing in our hearts. We make room for you, God, so that we can do battle. God, I know that there is no name above you. God, I know that there is no power that is greater than you. And that's why I stand in awe. And that's why I stand in place, knowing that although the tidal wave of of evil might come my way, God, that it might come and try to take my house. It might come and try to set up dominion over my kids, God, and my family. I know that I will stand, God, because you are good, because you are great, God, and I see you. God, I see what you're doing in, in our lives. God, and I see what you're doing in the lives of those around me and in the lives of the people in this church, God, and in this community. God, we are ready to go to war. We're ready to stand up and fight the good fight of endurance. Come on, praise man. Let's sing.